did not uh, did not hold up their end of the bargain this weekend. I was just talking about that hit that uh, was the penalty actually that cost. Oh yeah, cost them the game. I, I still haven't seen the replay. Was it like technically a dirty hit, or was it just like a clean? Just you just knocked the shit out of them. Dude, they still haven't even shown the replay, bro. They never showed it on TV, and there hasn't been another kind of angle of it that I've seen that's come out yet. But um, I think it's just kind of an unlucky, you know, like wrong place at the wrong time kind of hit just because Myers was going down. You know, he was already kind of giving himself up, kind of like a quarterback sliding. And, you know, as a safety, with the first down a yard away, you're not expecting a receiver to slide down like that. So he kind of went in. I don't think he had to like spear him like that. I mean, he completely went in like with his head down. So I don't think he had to spear him, but it was just kind of a weird, you know, bang, bang, wrong place at the wrong time play, which sucks because that gives the Raiders the first down. And then obviously Jimmy G ends it with a scramble on to get the next first down to, to run out the clock. But yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? There's always next week. There's always next week. And let's get into this week. And what went down? What did we take away from all the games? Did you want to start with the Thursday night uh, season opener? Or did you want yeah. to start with the Sunday slate? Yeah, let's start uh, with Thursday night, I guess. Just go down our, our list okay. of picks. Okay. We had. All right. Yeah, start it up. Start it up. So what did you take away from this game with the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs at home? Obviously undermanned, but Detroit came out with the victory. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely undermanned for KC. I think you could notice it with no Kelsey for sure. Um, You know, some of those plays where Mahomes is like scrambling out and they just have that unspoken, you know, connection and chemistry uh, where Kelsey just finds the zone and Mahomes knows exactly where he's going to be. And that stuff just kind of wasn't there in week one. Uh, And then, you know, the Lions side of things, I thought they looked great. The defense looked great. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, I thought, looked pretty good. He did miss Amon Ross St. Brown and a couple of guys, as, as you saw uh, through the film watching, you know, a couple of guys down the field that he missed. Um, it's not his game. I, I realize that, but those guys are, like, wide open. But, um, you know, he still yeah, found the guys underneath on the digs. Uh, there, there's a huge, really clutch one. Um, I'm forgetting, like, the scenario. But I feel like it was, like, a third and 15 in their own territory you know, obviously close game and he finds Reynolds, I feel like on a dig, but he had Amon Ross St. Brown wide open down the field. It would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, statement win by, by Detroit. They got all their home games still. All they got to do is go nine and seven to go 10 and seven. That presumably puts them in the playoffs. And this, this Packers Lions race is going to come down to the wire, I think for the division. You know, I, I do agree that I believe or I know that Detroit's defense did play very well. It did impress me. Um, but I, I said to you, you know, outside of Aiden Hutchinson being an absolute monster, that D-line is relatively weak. I think it can get pushed around. And Kansas City just wasn't able to really abuse that with their running backs or their running game. Uh, but their secondary, the the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Lions secondary was, like, I thought very impressive. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Had a couple plays, um, and then the guy that picked up was it Cam Sutton? Yeah, yeah, I think, from, yeah, from the, the Steelers. Corner, he was pretty good. I know he had a, a big PI penalty, but outside of that, I mean, he played pretty darn well as well. So yeah, I just thought the Lions definitely took advantage of the situation that they were given, um, and it was a big game. I mean, 
not only did you end the season last year by knocking out the Packers in Lambeau Field, a historic, you know, legendary stadium, but now you're opening the NFL season in Arrowhead, one of the loudest, if not the loudest stadiums in the NFL yeah. against the defending Super Bowl champions, Patrick Mahomes. You take all that pressure, all those expectations, and I think, you know, whether the Lions came in and won, lost, or played well and lost, they would have been, you know, happy with the outcome. So the fact that they were able to get a 1-0 into the win column definitely, definitely uh, helped. But, yeah, the one other thing that I want to talk about with this game is, is Jared Goff. And like you said, I had mentioned that he had missed a couple throws. And whether you want to say he played bad or not, I don't think he played bad. I think I agree with you that he played good. But it was just those signals that, like, is he just not all there yet because it's the first week of the season? Or is it just the reality of he's not going to make some of these plays and that might end up costing them, you know, yeah, down the line? I think that's who he is. Like, I honestly think that he's been playing better, you know, over these past couple of years than I expected uh, since the trade from L.A. to Detroit. I kind of thought he was just going to be a bridge guy, you know, there for like one year, draft a guy and come in. But he's kind of proven, you know, his worth that, that he's – a decent quarterback he's not going to do anything that's you know going to make a bad team really good it's just they got a ton of guys around him Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. um, is good Laporta look good and then Gibbs look good um, so he's got some weapons around him uh, once Jamison Williams comes back that'll be that'll be big too uh, so you know he's just kind yeah. of a, a guy that'll you know get the ball out and and uh, you know, he won't really lose the game, but he won't he won't win the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next game. You correctly yes, predicted this score, the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. First game for Bryce Young in his NFL career. Desmond Ritter, his second season in the NFL. First game as, like, I guess the starter of the team for the season. And he looked like dog shit. Uh, Bryce Young, I didn't think looked terrible, but definitely looked like a rookie. Um, what were your thoughts? It kind of went exactly how I thought it would. Literally, 24 to 10. That's exactly what I predicted. Like, I tweeted it out as my best bet of the day was the Falcons minus three and a half. And I teased that with the Falcons minus nine and a half because I, I was just, I didn't know how Carolina was going to score the football. And, you know, they didn't either, I guess, with, with uh, you know, Bryce Young didn't, obviously, this first NFL game on the road. I just wasn't expecting much with a mid, you know, average offensive line and, and not great weapons around him. Um, I think it'll be a struggle for Carolina offensively. Uh, Atlanta offensively was kind of disappointing. Desmond Ritter was really Terrible. disappointing. Dude, you had Drake London. I had Kyle Pitts in fantasy. I mean, just garbage. Drake London, did even get a point? What? Two catches between the two of yeah. them. Two catches, and I can't name more than maybe five or six targets for the both of them combined. Pretty Ridiculous. weird. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how they just don't target their best players. But Carolina's defense has been good the past couple of years. I think it's still pretty good this year. Um, so, yeah, Bijan yeah, you know, looked good, though. Yeah, that Bijan touchdown, you know, he shook his foot down and made a great play. But we even said watching the game, you know, it's a terrible play call. I mean, it literally got blown up. And because he's Bijan Robinson, because he's, you know, their best player, you could say maybe on the team right now, even as a rookie, he put, sticks his foot in the ground, makes one move, and he's in the end zone, right? So I was really just not impressed whatsoever with Bryce Young getting picked off twice by Jesse Bates on the same dang read. Like the same dang read. I know I said he looked like a rookie and he didn't play terrible, but 
I forgot, you know, he had those two picks. Yeah. And those two picks were just the same fucking play. So uh-huh. I'm like, Bryce, uh-huh. like, what are you doing, man? On top of pair that with what we saw from Ritter, 15 to 18, not bad. Not bad at all. But for 113 yards, I got 115 yards. And that one touchdown was that Bijan, you know, bubble screen that he made the play. So I, I just not impressed with either team's offense whatsoever. But I know the Panthers were missing some guys on defense. Um, maybe if they had those guys, this would have been a little bit of a closer game. But obviously Atlanta took control in the second half and really just, you know, brought it home at home. So yeah, the, the one, we'll see how they – one thing I just got, I want to say about like the picks, I think, which was interesting because both of them, as you said, they came within like 10 yards, you know, they looked exactly the same down the middle of the field. And it was Jesse Bates, who's like usually a free safety, you know, playing 20, 30 yards back. But I, I just think with the Panthers lack of threats on the outside receiver wise, Jesse Bates doesn't need to be playing back there because nobody's going to beat their corner. So he's playing up. That's basically like another linebacker you know, just clogging up the middle of the field. So I think that's where it's kind of tough, but um, definitely, you know. Well, yeah. I, I mean, throws, at the same time, so. too, he could have been also playing some robber coverage yeah, where, you know, yeah. they might have been showing man or they might have been showing one cover or, you know, one zone instead of another. And then he's just kind of playing that, like you said, middle of the field, not really more than 10, 12 yards depth. And, and that second interception, he literally didn't even move. He stood there <laughs> and know. then he broke on the ball. It was like a fucking ball drill. So, yeah. Um We'll see how the Falcons still hold up against my Packers next weekend. I know it's going to be the second straight road game for us. That's tough for any team. But after what I saw from, you know, the, the Falcons' offense and, and their play calling, I'm not worried that our defense can stop them. I think what I'm more interested to see is how their defense compares to the Bears, what we just saw for my team this weekend. But moving on, let's get to the next game on the list here, Baltimore and Houston. What were your initial takeaways from this game? That was a seven-six game at halftime. Yeah, and ended up being twenty-five to nine in Baltimore's favor. I feel like it was definitely closer than like a twenty-five to nine score. Like the the Texans went for fourth down a couple of times, where it's just like you got a rookie quarterback with this going against these dogs on, on the Ravens' defense, you know, and you're going for it on fourth down when you could have taken the field goal. I, you know, I don't know. I would have just gone for the field goal with the rookie court. The Panthers did that too. They were down. It was like fourth and one down at the, you know, 13 or something uh, first possession. And they went for it and got um, stuff, but it's just like, go up three, nothing with your rookie quarterback, play defense, you know, feed, feed Damian Pierce, feed Miles Sanders. Um, but instead, you know, they got a little too aggressive, too cute, I guess. Um, so, I mean, yeah, about what I expected from the Texans, Ravens side was kind of disappointing, especially the passing game uh, with Lamar. And then yeah. obviously those injuries, man, stacking up already. Uh, two of their offensive linemen go down, Stanley and Linderbaum. And then J.K. Dobbins out for the year, man. Like, sucks, yeah. but. They can't catch a break. I feel like every year we have the same conversation with the Ravens. It's yeah. like, you know, they got the injury bugger. They got one or two key guys that are struggling with injuries. Um, Zay, Flowers was, Zay Flowers looked really good, though. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I agree with you 100% on their offense being disappointing, but like you just mentioned, Zay Flowers, man, dude, he is the real deal, man. And and you could just see it. He looks the part on the field, stopping on a dime, making everybody miss. Uh, nine catches for 78 yards with 10 targets. I'm sure glad I picked him up in my fantasy team. That's all I got to say, because of the 22 attempts Lamar had, he went to Zay Flowers half the time almost. Yeah. 
So I, I'm going to take that all day, man. I'm going to take that all day. But I honestly did see, you know, some – I was impressed, I, I felt like, from what I saw, at least stat- statistically-wise, from C.J. Stroud, 28 of 44 for 242. Like you said, they were moving the ball. They kind of went on fourth down a couple times when maybe they could have taken the points. But I think maybe that's also, you know, that whole defensive head coach thing. You know, D'Amico Ryan's being a first-year head coach – Having the rookie quarterback, is he trying to be overly aggressive yeah. because he's like, we're not, we're in a game that we shouldn't be in right now in week one. Um, but is that going to hinder, you know, that progression as the season goes along for CJ Shaw because he doesn't have that offensive mind that, yeah, we're going to trust our defense or, hey, we're going to trust that our offense is going to figure it out as the game goes on. That's just a little side note. But, yeah, the Ravens got out of here with the win. Good teams get out with the win when they need to. And that's what they did. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game on the deck, the Cincinnati Bengals visited the Cleveland Browns. Yes, Man, this, this shit was, oh my God, bro. Joe Burrow had no time, no time whatsoever. Uh, on top of, it was raining, so the conditions were not in their favor. There was just a whole lot not going in Cincinnati's favor. And, and I thought even the Browns were not impressive, really, offensively. Oh, either. yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really just like a defensive struggle, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it was – what were your thoughts? What were your takeaways? Hey, I called this one, too. I'm not even going to lie. I tweeted this one that the the Browns were going to upset the Bengals. It's the upset of the week. Um, I wasn't expecting this huge blowout, though. Um, definitely was expecting some rust out of Burrow, you know, missing pretty much all of all of training camp, missing all of preseason uh same thing with the eagles down down later on their offense didn't look good they didn't play anybody in the preseason um so like this is still kind of a feeling out process for these teams and i fully expect the Bengals to be you know super bowl contenders uh when it's all said and done um but yeah you know bad weather no no practice leading up into this game for burrow um it was going to be tough for their offense and then yeah as you said i think the browns offense was kind of you know, disappointing too. Um, the run game I thought looked pretty good though. Uh, and if you can get Deshaun Watson to have a couple of, you know, his plays back, back like when he was back in Houston, a couple plays where he's making something out of nothing, a good throw here, good throw there. Um, he rushed for a touchdown. So like if, if Cleveland can, I think their defense is good. I think de- Cleveland's defense is legit. So if they can do that, you know, have a good defense, have a great, great running game, which I think it can be. And then have Deshaun, who, you know, has the ability and the capability to make a big play every once in a while uh, with Amari Cooper on the outside. I think the Browns can have a pretty good season this year. Um, And they started out well, uh, you know, blowing out the Bengals. Yeah, and I know the Bengals started the exact same way last season. Week one, just an absolute atrocity against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, Joe Burrow was getting attacked from everywhere in that game as well. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just how the Bengals like to start things off. They're like, yeah, let's get our ass handed to us. And, yeah, it's yeah. just our extra motivation for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're going anywhere as far as being one of the top contenders in the AFC. It was just a bad game for them. Uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, 31-21. Jacksonville won this game after being down to Anthony Richardson, yeah. 21-17. Now, I know Richardson went out for a point in the game, and Gardner Minshew came in and kind of choked away what they had, the opportunity. I think it was at the goal line. But this game, statistically, Anthony Richardson was the Colts' offense. Like, rushing the ball, passing the ball, 
I told you when we were watching the game, I was like, dude, like not only like his body, his athleticism, just the way he plays, but his attitude just reminded me so much of Cam Newton. The Colts got a good one, man. And and I really thought, you know, his potential was sky high in the draft process coming out this year. But it really shows like with his work ethic and his dedication that he's really about trying to become the best version of himself. Right, right. So I thought the Colts really gave the Jags a, a run for their money. And like I said, they were up 21 to 17. But Jacksonville ends up getting, you know, the win on the road. Obviously a divisional game. What were your takeaways from this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, like, I think Anthony Richardson played, played very well as well. Um, you know, all things considered, I thought the Jags were going to come in here and kind of blow out the Colts, but this, this game was just like insane. It was just like fumble after fumble, fourth down stop after fourth down stop. There was that crazy play where Lawrence threw it and it was ruled a fumble on the field, but Tank yeah. Bixby didn't really like realize it. he picked the ball up and like tucked it, but then just stood there and somebody knocked it out of his hands and then the Colts went down and scored with the defense. Um, so that was wild. And then, but yeah, I mean, you know, Anthony Richardson, I thought looked fine. Uh, I think, as you said, great, great leader. I think he'll be great in the future. It looks like everybody's kind of rallying behind him. Like that's one thing I've noticed compared to the last Colts team of last year, like that team was bad and it was boring. Like, I think this team is going to be bad. But I think it's going to be fun to watch, and there's going to be some excitement, you know, around Anthony Richardson, and they could yeah. just kind of be a pain in the ass because their defense is pretty good uh, overall, too. I think so. Um, yeah, Jacksonville oh, yeah. side, Calvin Ridley looked looked really great. Um, Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence was kind of iffy. Yeah, of course. I, I know you look great. Him and Tyreek Hill, you just absolutely destroyed me in fantasy this week, but. And now my starting running back is out for the rest of the season. So, I mean, that was – and the Broncos lost. So, it's really great, you know, football week for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah. What, what did you think about uh, Trevor Lawrence and that Jacksonville offense? I thought, you know, at times it looked like they were in control. And then at other times, the defense of the Colts really stood up. Like, they were getting pressure. You could tell the offensive line was kind of a little bit of an issue. I mean, especially on that fumble, right? The forced fumble, the thing that, you know, they brought it back for a touchdown. They're getting to him, right? So I'm going to have to look back at the tape because I really – I haven't had a chance to yet. But I want to see – I want to break down, you know, what did the Colts do to kind of stymie them for at least uh, – I wouldn't say a half because they were moving the ball up and down on them in the first quarter and I guess second quarter. But there was a point in the game where the Colts had gotten up after that fumble recovery – and it kind of just got weird. We, I showed up to Modern, you know, where I was doing the podcast at, and then the game, I tried to flip the game back on, and boom, they're up by 10. I'm like, what the hell happened? So I'm really going to have to kind of dive back into it, but I was extremely impressed, like you said, with Calvin Ridley, man. I mean, a lot of people were questioning if he could come back and play at the level that he had been playing in Atlanta. And, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, the dude is just a stud. So. Yeah. I think as long as he's there, Trevor is going to be okay. He's going to have that wide, true wide receiver one to go to. And then ETN as well, you know, he was able to get his work done on the ground with 77 yards on 18 carries in the touch. So, you know, having that also dual threat in the offense, not just being too one-sided, I think is super important for the Jags moving forward. But, all right, moving on to <laughs> score, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this game I thought could have been close, uh, just because of the talent that the Bucks have on the defensive side of the ball, 
they still have a lot of talent on the offense too, but I just didn't know how Baker was going to play. Now, it also helps when you've got five fucking turnovers to work with, uh, four fumbles and an interception from the Vikings. But, yeah, they were able to win this game 20-17. to 17. The Vikings defense, my main takeaway from this was the Vikings defense is still ass. They are oh so God. bad. Yeah. The fact that, that Baker Mayfield, I understand they had a bunch of turnovers and they got good field position and stuff sometimes. But Baker fucking Mayfield, like who is almost out of the NFL, in my opinion, was able to beat you in your own hometown, in your home stadium, with 20 points. Yeah. Like, it's not even like he scored, like, 40 or 50. You know, that would have been, like, I feel like a one-off. But, like, the defense couldn't have one one stop. One stop when they needed it. Like, come on, bro. Dude, they just don't, like, have anybody defensively, like, worth noting. Like, Harrison Smith is getting up there in age. (laughs) Danielle Hunter, like... I don't know. I mean, he's just been a guy, but he hasn't, like, gone crazy or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I have no belief in the Vikings defense at all. That Buccaneers defense, though, oh, my God. I think I, th- I think they can be a really good unit this year, especially that front. Like, I wasn't expecting, like, Vita Vea was dominating. Tryon, yes. Joe Tryon, Chahinka, whatever, out of Washington. Uh, he was dominant. Willie Golston. Uh, on the on that defensive line is good, and then they got the good corners, good safeties, like good linebackers. But this entire Bucks defense is is for real. Um, I mean, we were talking about them, you know, possibly having a shot. Just seeing, you know, the first glimpses of everyone in the yeah. NFC South, they might have a shot to like win this division just off talent that they've got on the defense and the offense. Yep, yep. And I think on the Viking side of the ball, offensively too, it's just like. It's only Jefferson, bro. That's it. Like, it's just Kirk to, to Jettas. He had, like, 130 yards, maybe even more, in the first half. 150. 150. Oh, in the, yeah, in the first half. In the, fir- in the first half, yeah. Um, And then in the second half, he had two catches for 12 yards. So it's like – and that's, you know, when they lost the game, obviously. And yeah. so if Kirk and Jettas aren't, you know, on that connection, there's just nobody else. Like, Hawkinson, you know, show up. K.J. Osborne, yeah. make, a, make a catch in the end zone, bro. Like – they're, they're just yeah, nobody it's, else. It's crazy. You know, Hawkinson, you bring his name up, eight catches off nine targets for 35 yards. It's like it's crazy. What, what, what are we doing here? Ooh, you know we, what just I mean? got, we just got some breaking news. Breaking What's news. Up? We just got some breaking news. Chris Jones is back. Hey, okay. I thought you were about to say traded to someone <laughs> I didn't want in the NFC North, man. I was about to say, man. I was He's praying back. you didn't say you got traded. One year deal. Okay. One-year deal is interesting. I don't know how much money yet. It's kind of hard on my computer. But, um, yeah, one-year deal I saw for Chris Jones. All right. so That's what they need, man. Yeah. That's what they needed. That's what they needed. I mean, they obviously, you know, they couldn't really stop the run when it mattered against the Lions. And why? Because they don't have arguably the best three-tech in the league. So, yeah, that's huge for the Chiefs. Huge for the Chiefs. I'm so glad he didn't get traded to no Bears. Or Lions, or dude, if Chris oh, Jones got paired up, if Chris Jones got paired up with Aiden Hutchinson, bruh, uh, Lions would be tough, bruh. Bro. Yeah, I need nah. Chris Jones out of the AFC, man. <laughs> hey, but uh, let's let's move on to the next game, though. That's fire, though. You got that breaking news for us, man, right here in the middle of the pod. Hold up, I'm trying to get to the next game. It's not letting me. All right, here we go. All right, it's gonna be the Titans and the Saints. 
Um, so like we just said, you know, we we're just talking about the NFC South and, you know, how the Bucks might be able to win this division just off talent. I think that's also because we saw the Saints just play like poor as fuck. Like they were terrible. Um, they really won this game because Ron Tannehill kept throwing the ball to them. Uh, they, they literally won 16 to 15. Like this, this is such a low scoring game at home week one. I know they don't have Alvin Kamara, but they've got plenty of other weapons and, Derek Carr, yeah, he threw for 300 yards, but he had a touchdown, a pick. He just wasn't special. What were your takeaways from this one? Tough. I mean, this is kind of – I had Tennessee 24, Saints 23. Um, so, one-point game going the Titans' way. Obviously, the Saints win this one. Yeah, this was – man, I mean, an ugly game. Chris Olave looked amazing, though. I do think that the Saints – Michael Thomas looked great. Uh, he had like a string of like three or four straight catches and maybe the, in the first half at some point. Um, he looked like he was back. Rashid Shahid, I think, is extremely underrated. Five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown because he can blow by defenses. He can make tough catches. Um, he can do a lot of things, but yeah. Okay. But um, Tannehill, man, those three interceptions were tough. I think the Titans offense. Dude, what's crazy is Tajay Spears had the same amount of snaps as Derrick Henry did in this game. Uh, their backup running back. Derrick Henry didn't didn't play a single third down. Um, I didn't even know that. And DeAndre Hopkins looked old and slow and can't get by anybody. And Marshawn Lattimore is mossing him. Um, and okay, whoa, 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 all right, what? Hey, hey. <laughs> I found the Ohio State bias real quick. Not, Yo, chill. He... That interception was nice, yeah, but it, was, it was also underthrown by like three yards. I know that, but you know, but Lattimore played that perfectly. He's like, DeAndre's not gonna run by me, I'm just gonna sit out here, sit out here, wait for the Ryan Tannehill duck and go and get it. And that's what he did, yo. Um, <laughs> I'm dead, I'm dead, bro. Oh my god, nah, hey. All I was saying is that when we watched that, we were like, oh, damn. And then we watched the replay. I was like, it's just like three yards. <laughs> no, no. Good, good on Marshawn. Good on Marshawn for getting it because that's half the battle is catching it, right? So yeah. good on him yeah. for that. But, um, Dude, it is yeah, interesting. No. How did they like only – Derek Hart, over 300 yards. I'm trying to like – he did have the interception, but I'm trying to remember. Like how did they only score 16 points like with three Dude, interceptions off of Tannehill? Um, they just blow total yards at 351 285 uh let's see interceptions one fumbles they lost a fumble too um okay. oh my god tennessee on third down 16 percent completion percentage on third down like Jesus. and and derrick henry wasn't in on any of those that's crazy man yep that's crazy i mean they could have been third and longs so, though you know what i mean yeah. so we don't know we don't know but yeah, not really a whole lot else to talk about. Yeah. Two kind of both, def- I say both defenses teams, are tough, though. But yeah, no, I, I think the Saints more so than the Titans. But um, yeah, Tennessee is just going to be bad this year. I remember there was a guy that commented on this Titans page. I was like, y'all aren't going to win more than like six games, maybe seven with Diop now. Like, okay, and he was like, no, we're back. We're so back. Like, da da da. I was like, all right, man, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, relax. We'll see. You know, there's like uh, a reason, like. All the teams D Hop wanted to go to, like, didn't sign him. You know, there's like a reason for that. He's just not. Yeah. He's a number two, honestly, probably number three. Like, put him in the slot. Well, I, I I don't want him on the outside, bro. 
I, just I don't, don't think he. I don't think he's a liability though. Like I mean, with the no, age, no, no. you're you're kind of making it seem like he's a liability. But at the same time, it's like he's asking for money that puts him into that echelon of wide receivers that he's not currently yeah, in right he, now. He's just so that's yeah. why I think there was that misconception. You know, like that wasn't the miscommunication between these top teams that they could have maybe used him as a two, as a three, and he could have been very useful. But yeah. they ain't paying him fifteen a year. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. All right, moving on right. to the next game. We've got Niners, Steelers. I thought this one was going to be close. I thought this one was going to be a battle of the defenses. We're going to see two young quarterbacks going back and forth, Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy. And instead it was just Brock Purdy throwing down. And he was taking it personal, too, because Patrick Peterson was talking all week about this, that, the third. And, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then Brock Purdy just put him on notice oh, with yeah. Brandon Ayuk, man. Oh, my God. Brandon Ayuk is dirty as hell man dude he is gonna be so good this year he's been getting better every year i know we've talked in the preseason you know kind of just what he's gonna do for this team um but dude what were your takeaways yeah Ayuk is nasty the main thing i thought was like brock purdy looked amazing considering he just came off an elbow injury um barely <laughs> i don't even know if he played in the preseason i don't think i don't remember so i don't, I don't yeah think so. um and so for him to come out again against a tough defense like the Steelers um, and do what he did, that was that was really tough. Um, the Niners are just really good. I, I man, Kenny Pickett looked pretty horrible out there. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Najee Harris and that offensive line and the running game couldn't really get anything going either. Uh, George Pickens, he had that nice catch out of bounds, unfortunately, but. Um, Nothing really there. That like I yeah, George Pickens like is phenomenal on those catches, but he's always like covered though. Like that's the thing. It's just like you yeah, don't he's ever never, like wide open. He's never like open. Like he's just always covered and having to rely on his insane ability like that. But it's just like for a young quarterback like Pickett, I feel like that's you know kind of tough to not really have a separator in the wide receiver group. Um, so, yeah, Pittsburgh, I, I don't really know about them right now anymore. Yeah, I, I think for me, the thing that, that, I mean, and listen, the Niners, they might be the best team in the NFL right now. Let's just keep it above, yep. like talent-wise and everything, right? So, considering that and considering, you know, what, who's Pittsburgh's going to have to match up against, and it could be really, you know, Sims made a great point on his podcast, I think it was last night or something. He was like, you know, some teams are better than other teams, but they might not match up well. And that's the beauty of the NFL because in college, exactly. you know, you're a better team than this team. It doesn't matter. You just have more talent, right? But in the NFL, you might have, you know, more talent, but you might match up bad against another team. They might be able to, to play your strengths with their strengths, and then it's a closed game. So this, I just doesn't, I don't think it was a good matchup for the Steelers and the fact that. Kenny Pickett and like their offensive play calling with Matt Canada just was not a good match against the 49ers defense. I thought that they might be able to, you know, pull together something. Like I said, I could be a close game uh, because Pittsburgh's, you know, defense could also try and stymie what the Niners can do, but it just did not work that way. It was super lopsided. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll see how Pittsburgh handles the rest of their season, but the Niners are, like I said, looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right yeah, now, if not yeah. the best. Uh, moving on to the Commanders and the Cardinals. What were your takeaways on this 
Uh, this last game of the early slate, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really have, like, many takeaways, I guess, other than, like, the Cardinals' defense, I think, looked a lot better than I expected, like, their defensive line especially. Um, yeah. And then their their secondary has some talent there too. But um, I don't really know. I, I, I just don't really know what to take away. It's just kind of a, a game that just, you know, happened kind of – as expected, I guess, with Washington, they were, like, favored by seven, pretty much won by seven. Um, I don't know. You you, you you just start out with something, and then I'll, I'll okay, see if I can okay. bounce off. Well, what I'm saying what I'm saying about this game is I, someone told me yesterday that the Cardinals were under investigation for trying to throw the season by, you know, when they got rid of their fucking quarterback, Colt McCoy, with three days before the, you know, the start of the regular season, they trade for Joshua Dobbs, who's not played one snap with this team. And he actually looked pretty dang all right, you know, like in this offense or whatnot. But they made this game close. And I feel like maybe that was just to kind of get some people off their backs about, you know, this whole we're going to try and get the number one and number two overall pick. But I don't expect this level of play the rest of the season, dude. And like Washington's not a bad team, but like they're no world beaters. So like when the Cardinals play some teams that like the Niners or you know other teams like the Cowboys, they're gonna get totally ran through. And I I still am a, a prospect of saying like I don't know if this team can win a game the entire year. Like they're just that bad. Now your, their defense did play a little bit better than I expected, but. I just, at the same time, like I said, Washington's no world beaters. They got Sam fucking Howell at quarterback, yeah. you know? So despite all their weapons, despite Eric Bieniemy really drawing up some nice concepts and nice plays, getting guys open, Sam Howell is just like Sam Howell. So I, I, I can't really take away anything much more than that. Was there anything else that you wanted to, to add or? Not really. Uh, that's a good point about Dobbs, like coming in and, you know, he looked a lot better than, than I think a lot of people thought. Um, but yeah, man, I I don't I don't know. Washington didn't give me too much hope about you know being a, a, a great team. Obviously, this is all week one. Like you got to give it like at least a month, really, until you can actually yeah. tell if a team is good or not. But uh, they're coming into Denver next week, and we better win because starting off zero two to the Raiders and the Commanders, I might just I I don't know what I'll do. But I know the season's <laughs> over at that point, so. Dude, yeah. If y'all if y'all can't get a win at home, you played last game at home, right? Yeah, dude. Two straight games at home. You cannot lose both those games. <laughs> you cannot lose both those I know, games, man. I know. Especially, yeah, especially with Sean Payton supposed to be this, you know, offensive mastermind, and he's losing to two other offensive masterminds. I mean, I know Rivera's the head coach, but um, you know, the enemies, the guy calling the plays on offense, and then Josh McDaniels. You know, for what it's yeah. worth. But yeah. all right, let's move on to the game of the week. Packers Bears, man. What did you what did you think honestly, dude, about Jordan Love and Justin Fields just examining how they both played? And I mean one looked good, one didn't really. I mean that was the that was the entire, you know, game. Green Bay just dominated. Like Fields other than him, you know, escaping the pocket. Just couldn't get anything going, and and the Packers were swarming everybody. Uh, Chase Claypool, I, like I've seen a couple of clips of of his effort in this game. 
horrible, just not, you know, he's just out there not doing anything, not blocking, not just no effort whatsoever from Chase Claypool, Mr. TikTok guy who, you know, loves talking to fans and stuff and he can't back his talk up. They traded pick number 32 for him. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah. Hey, the Bears. That's the Bears. Bears. Ryan Poles, hey, our savior, Ryan Poles. He's pretty bad, man. Um, Yeah, defensively, Bears didn't look good either. Um, And then Jordan Love looked looked great too. And I thought he could have had, you know, more. Like there was that throw to Musgrave, which it looked like he kind of overthrew, but Musgrave slowed up a little bit. Like he definitely could have got to that ball. Um, and scored so it could have looked even even better for him but Aaron Jones you killed me with him um I did I also did. I called you I said it was gonna be a Bears killer game Bears killer yeah, type of game yeah uh but no Christian Watson Romeo Dobbs that that amazing catch in the back of the end zone um man. two tugs two two yeah Dobbs. yeah Packers Packers look great Jordan Love looked good defense looked great I mean yeah Great you know, start. this is this this is the one thing I will say um, about Bears fans is the fact that the guys that were I was watching the game with right Caden and uh, Aiden, uh, the fact that you know I'm having such a great time, like damn, we're dominating all over, right? Doing this, doing that, right? Like, well, you just you can't play the Bears every week. I'm like, damn, like y'all say that about your own team, man. That that just shows how much confidence and pride you guys got in your in your Bears, man. Um, But, yeah, honestly, speaking of the Bears' defense, though, I was impressed because they had made some additions on the defensive line. I kind of underestimated, I think, coming into this game. Their pressure with just four rushing, I thought, was relatively – it was good. It wasn't like they were getting there, but it was, like, not easy. Um, The Packers, though, like you said, they dominated everywhere, I thought. Uh, once they really got back to running the ball in between the tackles is I think when they really started getting the ball moving up and down the field because there was a point in the first half where it was three and out, three and out. You know, where's where's this play is coming from, these play calls? You know, I didn't like the style that we were going for. But Jordan Love, man, I mean, I, I don't think he was perfect. He was not perfect, but he was damn near perfect. And a, a lot of the throws that he did make that were great, they were great. Like that yeah. Dobbs pass in the end zone. Oh my God, dude. I was getting like flashbacks of Rogers throwing it to fucking Devontae over the Cowboys, you know, defenders. So I'm like, oh my God, yo, like this shit. And like you said, no Christian Watson. That's arguably our biggest weapon on offense. I know Jonesy had a great game, but he also had that hamstring thing. Hoping that doesn't linger. And Quay Walker, actually, before we got on, I didn't mention this until we were about to talk about this game. On that pick six, he has a concussion now. He's in concussion protocol. And it's because Darnell Wright threw his 300-pound ass at fucking Quay at the line to try and stop him, you know, at the six-inch line from getting a pick six. I'm like, dude, just give up, man. (laughs) But I respect it. I respect the effort from Darnell. So, yeah, um, I knew once he got up, he was kind of like, whoa. Everyone banging his head. I'm like, yo, that is not what you want to be doing to this guy right now. And then he walked off early, so. Damn. We'll see how long he's out with that. Hopefully, a speedy recovery to Quay because he yep. had a great game. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna stop talking about the Packers, man. <laughs> let's get let's get on to your team, man. Vegas oh, and God. Denver. Yeah, take it away. Brutal, man. Just absolutely brutal. Like you let Josh McDaniels, who is just everybody in Broncos country hates him for what he did to the Broncos and. 
2009 and then going to the Patriots and just dominating with Tom Brady. Um, and now he comes back here and just beats Sean Payton, who he obviously traded those picks for. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just bad all around. I mean, they're obviously, obviously we should have won this game. Like there are chances all over the place for Denver to win this game. Jimmy Garoppolo tried handing us the game with his interception in the end zone. Like that should have just been it. Bro. Like the, it was 13, 10 Broncos Raiders are driving. It's like two minutes left in the third quarter. I think um, pretty late in the game, you know, and Jimmy G just throws one into like five people for whatever reason, just some Jimmy G reason. And we pick it off. Um, and then, you know, we go down there and we score the field goal 16 to 10. Obviously, it should have been 17, but Will Lutz, who we just traded for, he misses the extra point. He also missed a 55-yard field goal. Um, and so just everything came spiraling down. And then, as always, this team, the defense, you know, that has always been good in the first three quarters, in the fourth quarter, they just absolutely collapse, and they just can't stop anything. I, you can't even stop a Jimmy G scramble on third and seven, like to get the first down. That's what ended the game. They're just stupid. Just Justin Simmons had a stupid penalty. Kareem Jackson had that stupid penalty that effectively, you know, lost the game, I guess at the end. Um, they're just a bunch of like, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but it's just these guys who have been around like three to four years, like Justin Simmons, he's amazing. I love Justin Simmons, but these guys, like, they just know how to lose, bro. That's all they, – they don't know how to win. Like, it, yeah. it feels like it just doesn't matter who's that quarterback, who's that coach. You know, the Broncos will score 16 points, and then they'll just give it up in the fourth quarter and not know how to close out a game because they don't know how to win yet. Justin Simmons has yeah. been here for, like, seven, eight years and hasn't had a winning season, you know? <laughs> like – I think, you know, that's one thing that even though these guys that are on your team that are stars or leaders on the team, if they are, haven't been around a winning culture or yeah. been a part of a winning culture before coming to Denver, exactly. it's like, how are they affecting the rest of the team, right? Um, and it's not to say that they're not doing anything positive, um, yeah. because they are, because they're stars, they're the best players on your team. But at the same time, if your best players on your team aren't winners, that that hurts and and i that's a great point because you know for a while there you know the packers being you know obviously always in the you know competitive conversation excuse me for like winning a super bowl but never getting there after that 2010 season there were a lot of guys i felt like on the packers where you know they were good but they just weren't good enough you know so maybe that's kind of the situation the broncos are in right now and especially now with the new head coach uh, Russell Wilson, I think this is a huge make it or break the season on if they keep him or if they don't. And if that's the case, if they decide to move on, I think they got to blow everything up after this season. Like, yeah. I'm talking like everybody outside PS2, like, you might just yeah. have to get rid of. Like, I'm talking Sutton, I'm talking Simmons. Um, I mean, even uh, the fucking guy he traded for or, or signed, Randy Gregory. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's never been a winner. I he know. was, you know, basically out of the NFL because he couldn't pass a drug test. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that was supposed to be one of your star edge rushers. And it's like, that guy's like supposed to be one of your best players. Like, yeah, I, know. I don't know. Man. I, know. I don't know. I don't want to pile on. I don't mean. No, no, no. But I, I just, agree. I, like I, it hurts, you know, yeah, so you hurt. It does. And it's just, but like as a whole, I guess with the Broncos, like, you know, injuries are stacking up now. Caden Stearns is out for the season. Our guy who was supposed to kind of start alongside Simmons. 
Um, it's a good thing we re-signed Kareem Jackson, but again, he kind of knows how to lose games, and he's like 34, 35, and can't cover. So um, there's that. And then we got no linebackers. We have we generated absolutely zero pressure with, as you said, Randy Gregory as our you know guy on the defensive line. Um, so no real pressure, bad depth in the secondary with the injuries, bad depth at linebacker, bad depth at all line, bad depth at receiver who is banged up right now. It's just like, it, it, it's a bad team. I just think it's a bad team, honestly. You know, they've got this, the guys, you know, top line, you just read off their names, Justin Simmons, Judy Sutton, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Mike McGlinchey, you know, decent offensive line, whatever. But then after that, man, it's just there's just nothing. There's just absolutely yeah. nothing. Damari Mathis, our cornerback too, was getting absolutely torched the entire game. And it's just like, this is the guy, this is our second best corner on this roster. Is a guy who let Jacoby Myers hundred yards, two touchdowns. Come on, bro. It's yeah, just and a bad I know team. you said Devontae was getting his pick and two because PS two was doing his job against Devontae, yeah, but he was. Tay was also getting his his grub on, on the number two corner. So yeah, man, I'm sorry. Uh, we didn't really even talk about the Raiders. I don't think there's much to talk about. I mean, they I don't think they're a good team. I don't want to say handed to them, but I, know. I think they can definitely be, you know, a pain for for other teams just because that run game and the old line is good. But bro, to be 16 points against that defense is just you're not. No, just, no I know, especially without Chandler. Um, exactly. I mean, you had all that turmoil around the the Raiders organization coming into this game. At Denver, I mean, and then you still lose. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. But let's move on to the Dolphins Chargers. This was a game I really wanted to watch, but with it being on at the same time as the Packers Bears, it was it was tough to try to kind of keep up with it. But I just saw this shit going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know, I, Tua almost five hundred yards passing. I know Tyreek had over two hundred. Uh, what were your thoughts of these two quarterbacks going at Herbert and Tua? <laughs> Literally, this is like the rivalry. It's like back. It's like it was. It was Herbert had clearly taken you know over Tua, and Emmanuel Acho was still going crazy about Justin Herbert sucking and, and Tua still being better. But hey, I don't know. I mean, Tua he gets he gets that ball out quick. Obviously, has better, way better weapons than Herbert does. Um, like Tyreek Hill, man, Jesus. I mean, he just goes off every single week, it does, every single year. Doesn't matter who's yeah. playing quarterback. Doesn't. I mean, he, it's just wild seeing him be five ten and just dominate like that because it's unprecedented. Really, I haven't seen anybody really do that. Um, no, I know. That it's just small. dominance. You know, it's not like he's just like a one hit wonder. Yeah. You know, yeah. for like Deshaun Jackson. You know, I feel like that's a comp that a lot of people had said in his beginning of the career. It's like he's such a great deep threat. It's like, dude, he is the he whole pack. So much more than a deep threat, yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, defensively for both teams, not good. Again, the Chargers, not good. Uh, they did run for like 240 yards on the on the Dolphins, um, which you're doing that and then you're still losing. That's pretty tough. And then the Dolphins aren't really a running team, which obviously we know the Chargers' weakness on defense is running. They're supposed to be good. You signed J.C. Jackson for a reason. Um, the secondary is supposed to be pretty good, yeah. and you allow 500 yards to Tua, like without them even really running the ball, which is your weakness. It's just bad for the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, man, you just reminded me, man. I I retweeted something earlier in the week 
um, of I think it was JC Jackson or someone, one of the cornerbacks on the Chargers talking about like, oh yeah, yeah, we're holding up Tyreek this week or whatever, blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, nobody, including you, JC, is covering Tyreek yeah. on that entire yeah, defense. They gave Derwin James all that money, <laughs> dude. Derwin James, bro, this like he's good, I guess, but like he's I don't I don't know, dude. I don't know about him. He's good. He's bound to miss a few games. Um, with injury and then he's just not really a difference maker in the air attack like defensively obviously he flies yeah. around the field but highest paid safety ever um do something man you know i don't know yeah no i mean at the end of the day though this is kind of what i feel like the chargers are gonna you know be this season i, I don't think that they're gonna be a playoff team i think they're gonna be a team that challenges um teams on a weekly basis like they challenged Miami right because Miami's not perfect but they also whooped up 34 points on them right so I just think the Chargers whether it's down the line miscoaching or just not being able to get a stop they're gonna be one of those seven and ten eight and nine teams maybe even nine and eight where it's just like yeah we've got all this talent we've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league but we can't win a division we can't make a playoff appearance you know stuff like that and I think really it just all kind of culminates from that that absolute destruction in the wild card uh, round last year against Jacksonville when they're up twenty-seven to three, and then yeah. they just throw that game away. Like I think that's gonna hurt them for the this entire season. I have no idea. All how... those dudes, yeah, all those dudes are back, <laughs> including the coach. How is the coach back? How is the coach? I, back? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But he might be fired mid-season, and it, it might start this turnover yeah. for them. So. Yeah, we'll see how it all plays out, but let's get into the last couple yeah, games. I got to get through these in like the next five minutes uh, to catch I got that you. shuttle. Um, I got you. All right, so let's do well. I, the Eagles, the Eagles, uh, Patriots. I mean, I don't understand how this game was this close because I really thought the Eagles were going to come into to Foxborough and blow them out. But I guess, I guess they played relatively well. The Patriots. I mean, Mac Jones three tuds. That's crazy. Three hundred yards in that Eagles defense. So they were doing something yeah. right. They were yeah. doing something right. What uh, what else did you have to say though about this game? Uh, anything? Yeah, I mean, as I said like earlier, I think just without the preseason, it's really hard to get things going offensively. And like Jake Elliott, how many? He had four or five field goals, I think. Um, he made up most of their points. Uh, he, I think they only had one touchdown to Devonte Smith, and then they had the pick six. Um, so I mean, New England's defense held up pretty well. Uh, and I think they can show it. They showed that they can kind of hang with anybody. I feel like defensively, um, yeah. offensively, Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke, they didn't, I think Stevenson had like 20 something yards, not very good. And then Zeke, um, had a little bit more than that, but, um, yeah. yeah. 29 and 25. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Mac Jones, um, he made that, that clutch throw. That was a beautiful throw to the sideline. Um, you know, with like 15 seconds left to the five yard line, the, the Patriots were close to scoring a touchdown. It was fourth down, um, throwing it to the sideline to the, I think he's a rookie, Kayshawn Booty. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's what it looks like. Um, at a, yeah, at a LSU, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. And he played that like it was college because he didn't drag his second foot and didn't even really try to. He's got one foot in and then got kind of shoved out of bounds, but he could have dragged that second foot, I think. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a tough way to lose, but um, I was going to say the one that stood out close. to me, 
The one thing that stood out to me, though, I'm looking at the total yards, 382 to 251. Patriots dominated on the ground. So this defense, you know, maybe it's having a little bit of a hangover after that great, great season last year. Obviously, they lose their D.C., but, I mean, I don't know how he was their D.C. I mean, that guy, I don't know who the fuck would listen to Gannon in any film room or any coaching room. I mean, dude, the dude just is weird. Like, maybe I'm sorry, like, for attacking his personality, but I just think he's weird, dude. Like, I I don't – he's going to get fired sooner or later in in Arizona. But next game, or I should say last game, because the Cowboys, John, I don't even think we got to talk about it. Outside of Dak Prescott – Literally being carried to a victory, 143 yards, 72 passer rating, 40 and points. he wins 40 to nothing. Now that's a team yeah. victory if I've ever heard one. But the Rams and the Seahawks, dude, this game, I, I thought, you know, the Rams coming into the season, I was like, hey, if they could stay healthy, they can maybe make something happen. You know, be one of those seven and ten, eight and nine, nine and eight teams that's tough on a week to week basis, but they might not yeah. be good enough to make the playoffs. They showed out. 334 yards from Matthew Stafford, obviously able to run the ball on the ground. Uh, or Actually, they ran the ball quite a lot on the ground. I think they were just trying to establish that run. Cam Akers had 22 carries for 29 yards. Dang. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. But Tutu Atwell and that Puka uh, Hey, Puka that's guy, my guy, yeah. I should yeah, have started him. 119 yards, 119 yards each. So yeah. they, they showed out. Uh, Geno Smith only 112 yards. What were your takeaways? From the Seattle Rams yeah. divisional matchup, uh, I mean, like McVeigh will always have his guys ready. Like it doesn't matter. Um, going into Seattle, big underdog. Seattle probably thinks they're just going to run away with it with the amount of talent that they have going against the lack of talent that the Rams have, um, especially defensively. Uh, and then, but yeah, Seattle just wasn't impressive at all. There's just nothing to like really like about their offense. No creativity. Uh, no, nothing. Um, and then Rams wise, Stafford, he's just a dog, bro. It's just like, doesn't matter who is around him. Doesn't matter the situation. He goes out and he balls out. And as you said, 119 yards, I think for that Nakua dude, um, without Cooper cup, like this guy's yeah. like, uh, I don't even know where he was picked, but out of BYU, I, you know, fourth round or later, I think, um, and you know, for Stafford to go in there and, and win crazy yeah and i think you know that's just kind of the og detroit lions matthew stafford kind of rubbing off right now and just like hey you know i don't care who's out here we're going out here to try and win a game regardless yeah. and that that mentality definitely pairs up with sean mcveigh so with that being said guys we're gonna head out like i said we ain't gonna go over that 40 to nothing game sorry i will say there, though I, I i'm gonna give a bills minus two tonight that's my prediction oh man what the hell come on bro no. i switched up no no, man, you're going to regret that. You're going to regret that, right. man. Watch right. out, I'll everybody. Aaron Rodgers coming to break Josh Allen's balls tonight. I'm telling you right now. The, the Bills, they're, they're going to get the floor wiped, bro. What's it's going to be. Score prediction real quick. Okay, let me check my notes here. I had 28-23 <laughs> Jets. But, I mean, that's like a lot of field goals and a lot of touchdowns, you know, vice versa for both teams. So I'm feeling like. It's going to be a dominant more than the score will tell yeah. you victory. Hopefully, is the weather, because I know the weather in New York was terrible last night, but it yeah. should be hopefully better tonight. I'm going to check right now. I'm going to check right now. Let's see. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get off, though. I really I need a dip. Um, no, you're good, man. But yeah, you're I good. got I got Bills real quick. Bills 27-24. Okay. All right. 
All right, uh, and it, it looks like it's going to rain tonight. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, shit. Actually, hold on. I don't know. I'll let you know, man, at class, all right? All right. Hey, Thanks, but, thank you, everybody, for hopping on. This is the Edge Podcast. And until next week when we break down the, all the games again, enjoy your week, and hopefully your team wins next week, unless they're playing the Packers. Sorry, Falcons fans. <laughs>